You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to last Mountain West Wire Football Podcast Edition. We are here. Still going to be doing at least once a week. So check that feed. Over at Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you want to go. We got our first off-season show, Matt. Our first off-season show with MWR.com. How's it feel? I believe we referred to it as a hodgepod last time out. We did. Oh, man, I should have made my tweet a hodgepod. I put hodgepodge of topics. Dang it. That's fine. Also, apparently I spelled Steven Dazio's name wrong and people appreciate me today. I'm like, well, I thought it was 1D. Give me a break. <sighs> I guess I get used to spelling that correctly, probably. Yeah, it happens. Uh, it does. I'm like going through them. I spelled his kid's last name right. I'm like, okay, but whatever. We'll get to that in a moment. But yes, it's a hodgepodge. I love that. That's a good idea. We do have one great question we'll get to at the end. That's amazing. But we're not doing any bull stuff today. We're, we're going to work on that next week as the bull games come through. Well, a bunch of bull content coming up. Um, you're going to do some Q&As. I'm going to do some random stuff. Uh looking at uh just uh, important players our other beat writers are going to do stuff on this game as well so look for all that next week as our slew of games but today jordan love nfl official and then we're talking about the coaching hires which uh i'll tell you where i feel in a minute matt about these coaches hires but let's start with the news of jordan love utah first off it came quick right utah state jordan love quarterback first look at the transfer now he's in the nfl essentially do you think that was the right move yeah, here's why. He did, what happened first was reports were and people were crapping on us even go out there like, who are you going to quote next? I'm like, well, I think Dan Wetzel and NFL Media is pretty good sources to say what's going to go down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so first it was he might go to Oklahoma, Texas Tech, or Houston, which would have been – Texas Tech makes sense because Matt Wells, David Yost, did QB injuries there. If he'd gone Texas Tech, fine. Play some better competition – more familiar offense, I guess, or more similar. Oklahoma just rushes out Heisman finalists like it's they're on the assembly line, so that would have been a good mm-hmm. spot there. Houston was interesting because while technically Derek King hasn't transferred, he's transferring. He like basically gave up and went through three plus games so he could register and transfer this year. Other options NFL, which here's the thing: had he um, his his options, honestly, I thought he was going to be Utah State or NFL. If it's between those two, it would have been NFL because. How much better could he – what if he had another year like this past year? Like, remember Jake Locker at Washington about, what, almost a decade ago now? Yeah. Guaranteed to be like a top five, top ten pick. Came back first senior year with the Huskies. Not very good. He ended up going to, what, the Titans, I believe, in NFL. Kind yeah. of flamed out after a little while. Still a first-rounder, if I recall. But he wasn't the highly top five, top ten guy people thought. <clears throat> and so if Jordan Love had another year where it was similar to this year, would he even been drafted? Would he have been a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick? So I felt – Seeing that, it would have been, I disregard, not Utah State, NFL. Well, I say if it came down to that, NFL. But if he seriously wanted to transfer, it would have been transfer or NFL. That would have been his two options, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, I mean, what, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you get in here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have blamed him for going to spend the year under Lincoln Riley because that dude makes people money. So I said assembly line quarterback, Heisman finalist. Come on. <laughs> but I think that you know the, the, the conversation that we're – 
inevitably going to have about Jordan Love over the next, what, three, four months. Mm-hmm. Probably going to look really similar to the conversation that we're having that we had about Josh Allen a couple of years ago. A little bit. I could, I could, there's similarities there. I think coming out of college, though, I think Jordan Love is a better prospect. Ooh, careful. Cowboy fans can come at you. Well, and this okay, and I and I think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast in, in prior weeks, but there was there have been some articles and and Robert Mays wrote one. I think it was uh, about three or four weeks ago over at the Ringer. He wrote about Josh Allen and and you know the progress that he's made from year one to year two, and because we all kind of knew what he was coming out of college, and I think that you could say the same thing about Jordan Love. Like obviously they're not exactly the same kind of prospect. But, you know, scouts aren't scouting the stat sheet. They're scouting what you can do. You know, that you, I'm sure you've heard Bill Belichick's famous, you know, do your job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not about, you know, sometimes I mean, it is a little bit about well what you can't do, but it's all about kind of trying to maximize what you can do. And, you know, when I when I wrote the article, you know, I embedded a few tweets from Ian Wharton, and you can find him on Twitter at NFL Film Study because he has a lot mm-hmm. of uh, videos that he's strung together all season long that gives you a sense of both the good and the bad. I remember the, Jordan, just, the Josh Allen videos, and people were crapping. Like he chose a couple paths. Like no, he had a thread of like fifty plus videos. The quad. Yeah, so it's so it's not to say that you know it hasn't been all good or all bad. Like obviously the interceptions have been kind of a problem, mm-hmm. but. You know, I've seen other videos floating around where you know he would throw a perfect strike forty yards down the field, and his receiver just dropped it. For instance, I would yes, but I would say those were fewer than what Josh Allen went through because there's a lot more drops of Josh Allen. But looking, I saw a couple like one I, the other day from him with Jordan with Jordan Love there. I would say drops were less of a problem than they were with Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like if he has the prototypical size of a quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he has what 85 to 90 percent of the arm that josh allen has you know he has a little you know a little a bit of mobility he's got the overall skill set that you know if he goes out and he shines at the senior bowl he shines at the combine he's going to be a first round pick in april is I he officially in the senior bowl right was that official i i forget if it's official i know the i believe the only mountain west player official logan at the moment is logan wilson i'll double check where you're going here but I think if he does well in kind of the run-up to the NFL draft, um, I mean, I know everybody's still forecasting him as a first-round pick. It wouldn't surprise me if he were like, I don't know, this year's Dwayne Haskins. I think he's probably a better pro prospect right out the gate. But, you know, I think if you are a Utah State fan or if you're just a fan of an NFL te- any NFL team that wants to draft him, you – you want to see what teams are doing with guys like Josh Allen, with guys like Lamar Jackson. Like you want to see them go to teams where they put that young talent in a position to succeed. Yeah. Like speaking of Josh Allen, like if you play fantasy football, he's much better there than he is for real football. If you think about it, like he'll run a little bit and that's what the bills are doing. Like they're not going to make him throw 45 times. Like I'm, I pull up a stats right here. Like this year, he has 17, 17 TDs, eight picks, QB rating 85. His completion percentage is still only. Oh, wait, that was last year. Apologies. But his completion percentage is still like 60% or something. You know, his 17 and 8 is this year. But just like comparison, like put him in a spot to mm-hmm. succeed, he's only still 59.8% completion rate mm-hmm. for the whole year. And that's 
and and he has um, a couple sub fifty like Philadelphia, New England, and the Thursday night game just the other day. Or no, that was last week. I guess Baltimore forty three percent. But then again, he had seventy nine percent versus Dallas, seventy two percent versus Tennessee. He will run the ball. He has eight rushing touchdowns, and so that's what he succeeds. Like they don't need him. Like going for a top ten pick and trading up for a guy who's runs a little bit could be a bit dicey, but Bills are in position to maybe win the AFC East. They play the Patriots too, and if they win that. They, I think what it comes down to, they could win that division. And so, let's see if you Lamar Jackson. Put guys in place to succeed. Love, we've seen what Love can do. Like, there's an 80, the bad game a couple weeks ago, or whatever game it was. He had an 80 yarder to see Mariner, but then he has a bad interception. Like, the, my biggest critique of Love is when he plays a good defense, which we've all seen, he doesn't play very well. And then you can say, well, he does have the talent. Guys are gone, new line. And like, this is like week 14. And I go back to those interceptions he had versus BYU and Wyoming, where. It wasn't a quick pass. He had plenty of time to survey the field. Linebackers kind of chilling in zone coverage up in the up the middle there. And instead of throwing to a tight end who's wide open, he will throw to the guy going across the field and he doesn't does not see the linebacker who comes out and just makes an easy interception. It's like it's just like it's the extreme this past year where he'll make plays like what are you doing? But then you'll see this amazing play. What the heck is where this come from? Like he'll make these amazing throws. That's why scouts love him so much. Like there's that one throw. I think it's the finale. The receiver made the one handed grab, but that's still mm-hmm. a throw where only his guy could get it. Yeah. And so, but it's like seeing those interceptions where it's bad plays. It's like what I don't get how you don't see that when you're a third year guy started since you're a freshman. Majority started all of last year. Obviously, this year as well, and he's making mistakes that he'll be eating live in the NFL, and they're, they're going to disguise coverage is way better in the NFL than they are in college. And so, I don't know if that's a coaching, a film thing. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's like okay, he has these skill sets, he can make these throws, he can make these plays, but for some reason he has maybe I don't want to call it lapse in judgment, or he's focusing on something else, or I don't know what it may be, but. It seems like those handful of interceptions were pretty obvious to a lot of people. Of how it's like, how do you see that? Maybe that's him, like I said, studying a bit more and realizing what the coverage is. Maybe that's all it is. Because when you're playing bad teams like last year, eighteen, he could just do what he wants and get away with it. But when you have decent defenses, you have to maybe you got to study more. Maybe that's all it is. Not saying he's not a smart guy, but you just have to work harder when you're playing a better opponent. Because you can get mm-hmm. away with stuff if you're playing a bad team. Like, would it surprise you if a team like Carolina invested in, like a middle first round draft pick in him? Well, I would. They got Kyle Allen is playing quite well. No, he's not. That he, dude sucks. He played five for. Well, <laughs> they have more issues in Kyle than the quarterback. Um, I get. I mean, that's the kind of situation I'm talking about, where I say a smart a smart team will find a way to build around him and put him in a position to succeed because. Well, you know, yeah, if, you're yeah. stepping, if you're stepping into a situation, if they decide to move on from Cam Newton, where seems likely. Yeah, you know, you've got a pair of young, talented receivers in Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. You've got a running back behind you and Christian McCaffrey was the whole world. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm talking about like teams like that, or even like some of the, some places like the uh, like Indianapolis, who you know maybe they are not totally certain about whether Jacoby Brissett is the long term. Uh, I don't know. They gave him a pretty big deal. So a couple of teams, I looked at some mocks. Like one had him going to Oakland, like first round, mm-hmm. which. Raiders, John Gruden's not in love with Derek Carr, but he's not playing bad either. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if Philip Rivers plays another year or two, he goes to the Chargers. He could go there. There's um, Tennessee's a mess at quarterback. Um, there's a handful of teams where if he's a first round, they want him sooner than later, but they also don't want to do what Dwayne Haskins is, who doesn't know what's going on in the first game or so and looks lost. Mm-hmm. Because I think the best fit for him, because he need, he clearly needs to learn a bit more playing against better teams, and you're playing the best in the world. So... 
go maybe go to Seattle, go to Green Bay if they if they want to take a first round. Maybe not Seattle because Wilson will be there for a minute. But Rodgers is getting near the end. Like go somewhere where even if it's a first round pick, go to New England. They trade their quarterbacks all the time. They're going to need a quarterback eventually. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, Tom Brady can't play. Is not great this year, but he can't keep going what he was a decade ago. So there's teams that out there. Go there where you're guaranteed to not play for a year because I. Honestly, I don't think any quarterback should play year run. Rarely they're that good and ready to go. Like there's a few exceptions. Like Kyle Murray's been fine this year for the Cardinals, but nothing great. It so why not stick him somewhere? He's not Deshaun Watson, not gonna do what he did for the Texans last year as a rookie. But or last year or two years ago, whatever it may be. And maybe do like look at Baltimore Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's something like that where he sits for most of the year and comes out and plays the year after and does extremely well. I think that'd be the best fit for him. But I seen the Saints draft him, but I don't think the Saints are gonna touch him. Not because he wouldn't fit there, because that's a good spot, but Saints already have Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. So, it, like, I'm not diving too deep NFL, but if you think, and they have Taysom Mill who does a million things. He's technically a quarterback. But if they draft him and then try to trade Teddy Bridgewater, what are you going to do? You got nothing going on because you lost all your leverage. If they trade Bridgewater before the draft, then that could be a good fit for him to come in and back up and play in a year or two. So I think teams like that would be more beneficial. If you were to go to Tennessee and start week one, if you were to go to Cincinnati, because I don't think they like Ryan Finley all that much. He got benched for Andy Dalton again, like they went back and forth. Um, that's what, Maybe Chicago, Trubisky Chicago is not great. I don't know. It's... You know, I mean, it's like a spot like that. Like, I think that'd be the worst thing for not just him, but any quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback market this year is going to be really interesting, not only with the draft, but with free agents. Like you mentioned, Danny Dalton, he's probably not going to be back in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. There's still kind of a question of what Tennessee is going to want to do with Ryan Tannehill, who's been on a tear recently. I know, it's crazy. Um, You got two as well. In the draft Um, as well, too. What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? Yeah, so there's going to, and there's going to be, you know, a market for those kind of mid-range quarterbacks. So it's going to be really interesting to to see which teams are in more of like a win-now mode and and move in that veteran direction or, you know, those who might be playing a little bit of a longer game, tear it down a little bit. Falcons and, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and, and go in a direction like drafting Jordan Love. I guess we'll see. I, but do you think it's the right move, him going to NFL? What do you, what, get, get money, yes. Okay, okay, I hear you. I'm just saying for like, okay – Money aside, which is a is clearly a huge factor. You mentioned Oklahoma. Like, if you had the choice, if, if money, let's just say, well, I can't put money aside. That's the issue. But if you wanted to get better, like, what? Well, let me rephrase my question. I got it now. I want to take me. It takes me a second to figure this out, Matt. For his football development and football career, what was this the best choice? I think so. To get better, would going to Oklahoma improve his draft stock all that much? I mean, it certainly couldn't have hurt. Because what if he that, didn't start? Though? That's the way a that problem. They've been rolling out quarterbacks the last few years. Okay, because he's recruiting well. They are recruiting well down there as they, as they always do. And so, but I also think if you're thinking Lincoln Riley, why would you do that three years in a row to alienate any recruit you're going to bring in for quarterback down the mm. road? So, I think he made the right choice. Few people said he didn't. Like, how do? You, but if you say Utah State, like, who do they have next year in their schedule? Let me see. Because they got obviously the league teams, uh, Wyoming, good defense, Boise State. They got those teams they play. Um, they got BYU as clear. Let's see who else they got really quick. Like, with a schedule, but they play the same cross division teams that they played this year. And then let me see who they got non conference play. Great. Football, FBS is down. Not working for me. Hold on. But I don't think the schedule would have done enough to make him that much better. Do you? For Utah, if he stayed at Utah State? Because there have been year two, Gary Anderson. So he would have um, new players again. You know what I mean? Like, they got Wake, LSU, BYU, 
and stuff like that. So it's oh no, that's 2019. Sorry, Washington State, Southern Utah, Washington, and at BYU. So maybe, but yeah, I don't blame him for leaving. Did you know? I'm looking at the schedule here. 2022, Utah State goes to Alabama to open the season. That's gonna be fun. Ooh, roll tide. No, we'll go Aggies. Aggies all the way. That's all we got. Um, let's let's move on to coaching stuff. Cause unless you have any other thoughts on Jordan Love here, I think it's no, fine to I, make the decision. I get think your we're money. good on that front. Get the money. We'll keep you updated. We'll do, we'll do mock drafts quite a mock drafts throughout to kind of see where he's at because him and Curtis Weaver will be the two highest guys taken the draft upcoming in when's the draft issued? April or May? I believe it's in April. Late okay. April. It's kind of been switching around again. So all right, let's get the coaching stuff. Let's first get to here's some quick coaching news. Brent Brennan. You know that you know that name. You better San Jose State head coach. He's getting a little extra money for winning five games this year. Well deserved, right? Definitely earned it. So we'll see how it goes next year because he's a new quarterback and all that stuff, new talent coming around. But I, it's very beneficial, especially if they can build up with something with him there. Like if they can, even with new guys at quarterback, new receivers, new whomever, if they can just kind of get it going, it would be. A, I'm pretty. Good. I'm trying to see what his deal was really quick. I wish I could find it here. But he he's getting an upgrade and pay for what he did this year. Did you also see really quick um, what's going on Boise State? I believe Zach Hill is off to Tempe, right? Um, as of this moment, I don't think it's not official. It's still report saying that's the case. So, um, oh, sorry, I introduced an up, update. Adam Rettberg, ESPN. Hill is in, but no deal is reached at this time. So. Does this strike you? Does it strike you at all strange that uh, Brian Harson's assistants have been Arizona State more desirable than Brian Harson himself? I think it says Brian Harson just want, like likes where he's at, and he has a very favorable contract. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, why isn't some Big Twelve or SEC team trying to back up the Brinks truck for him? Well, first off, if we believe what was said last week, he said no to any and all meetings, whether that's no, I'm not going to speak to them or actually, or a, a real no, like no, my agent or representation is not going to speak to anybody, take any calls up to oh, the title okay. game. So, you know, how that is, but um, it is interesting because you had him, you had um, Marcel Yates at Arizona. He got fired this during the middle of the year, but uh, who else? Andy Avalos. That's right, Andy Avalos as well. He's at Oregon at the moment, the DC there. And part of it, maybe Harson really likes where he's at and he knows he can't pay his assistant very much. And also, you're in a Mountain West school. You can easily double. Well, I guess that's an OC job, ASU. But ASU probably can pay a hundred thousand more, maybe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A bit, a bit more than what Boise can offer. But maybe with Harson, he likes where he's at. I think it's what's his contract. If he he gets an extra year and extra hundred thousand, if he gets what just eight wins, I think nine wins, pretty low bar, Boise. And so why not just keep rolling that in to get to? He's over. Get, what is he at? Two million dollars this per year, I think. I mean, I'm not obviously chastising him for staying. I just think it's kind of strange that he keeps getting poached. Yeah. And And so I kind of wonder if it's ultimately going to be, you know, because the same thing happened to Mike Norvell, and then Mike Norvell ultimately settled at Florida State. Yeah. Maybe it'll eventually come to attrition. And then started getting his assistance back. So I guess we'll see. Uh, I I don't think Boise State fans are complaining. Let's put it that way. No, it it is an interesting thing to say. see. But I think think part of this is the way his deal is structured. It's a pretty nice deal for him if he keeps winning. And officially what he gets per year, he gets 1.75 plus bonuses. So he's like 2.1 and then he gets like a hundred thousand per year and an extra year on his deal for winning a reasonable amount of games. All right, then any other coaching news. That's not, um, head coaching news that we missed or need to, people need to know about. Well, San Diego state's quarterbacks coaches heading to Lamar. 
correct? Yes, head coach. F- at, FCS Lamar. Head coach, good for him. It's, um, sure, why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> good for get, get a head coaching job wherever you want. Maybe, I don't know if he's from there, but that's a, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting about that. It's not like the Aztecs quarterbacks coaches have been amazing because the quarterback play has been just fine. Not like above average or elite quarterback play, relatively speaking. So, but still, you, you know go- what? I mean, you, you say that. I would say, you know, it hasn't looked like they've lit up the scoreboard, but it has definitely been above average over the last few years. Well, I said above average, just not like, that's what I mean, not elite and going crazy. Part of it is mm-hmm. they don't do that. But no, they've been fine. They've been good. And so that's good for all. Oh, one other thing we should know New Mexico is down to two names, it looks like. Uh, Danny Gonzalez, if you don't know that name, you're not paying attention to anything in New Mexico football, which also we don't blame you, right, Matt? Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, who. Besides us and Albuquerque people, who really pays attention to Levels football very closely? So who's the other name? You, gotta, you, you yes. can't leave the people hanging. Oh, yeah, Curtis Looper, co-OC, running backs coach at TCU. He was formerly at New Mexico with the running back coach as well a handful of years ago. So, And also, football scoop, it's all from Football Scoop um, and another source we have. They also say there's at least one other candidate that remains in play as well, unnamed candidate. Who would be that unnamed candidate, Matt? You want to take a stab? Oh, I have no clue. Because <laughs> you're like, who's first off to me? Like, who's Christian Looper? I'm like, well, let's fill you in real quick. Because I didn't know he was either until I looked him up too. So you're not alone. Well, to cl- to clarify, we should we should note that you know it's not like Looper is some nobody. When he was at New Mexico, he was the coach uh, for Dontrell Moore, former for- Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Only and- only Mountain's player ever to get first team all four years. Yes, and before Rashad Penny, if I'm not mistaken, he was the conference's all-time leading rusher. That makes sense. So he he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, and I believe would he have would he have co? Oh no, I'm not gonna dive that deep. But no, he's a good running, good coach. So we'll see what happens there. That means maybe that the throwbos may be uh, not as going forward if it's him as a coach. I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right, let's get to the big names. So Matt, let's uh let's do a quick a quick grading here. We have two two head coaches. Colorado State made a hire. Yes, they did. Steve Adazio is their head coach. And then UNLV made a hire. They bring in Oregon's um, defensive coordinator. No, excuse me. That's Andy Alvarez. Offensive coordinator. Arroyo coming in town. Who do you like better? I think Arroyo is the better fit. It's not even close, is it? That seems to be the popular opinion, so maybe I'm not saying anything that surprises anybody. Yeah, I, it, he had his press conference today. Um, I like to hire. Here's a couple of things about, like, for me, I just don't think it's – Colorado State just kind of – we'll talk about that more in depth. I just say I don't like it as much or like it at all. But bringing in what it does for UNLV, he's coaching in the Rose Bowl for when they play Wisconsin. And so you'll hear future UNLV head coach on the sideline coaching this offense and top 10 quarterback, Justin Herbert can't buy that type of pub. And it's the right move as well to allow him to coach and for him to stay there to see the season through. Cause I know signing is coming up and he can kind of do both to recruit and talk to kids and do whatever he wants to do. But I like it a lot because if you like, you like Oregon's offense, Matt, it's usually pretty good, right? It's pretty solid. I mean, it seems like there have been some corners of the Ducks fan base that are a little bit relieved to see Arroyo gone. A, a little? Eh, sort of. I don't know. I mean, maybe – and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Herbert maybe wasn't quite as good as he was last year. True. He's still going to be a top 10 QB, but 
Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably just kind of nitpicking on their part. It seems like a good fit, you know, because I think with most of the pieces that the Rebels have coming back for 2020, I think bringing in an offensive guy, especially, you know, someone with California ties, you know, he can go into Southern California, he can go, you know, into the Central Valley and, and recruit people. I think that's kind of what they needed. They need a little bit of continuity on that front. Yeah, he also, here's a couple of things you know about him. What Played at San Jose State, so he's familiar with obviously California. OC at Wyoming for a year, been at Cal, Southern Miss, Oklahoma State recruited Chubba Hubbard to go there. That's a pretty big deal. Also in the NFL for a year, 2014. Was that was that Jeff Tedford, same staff with the Bucks? It might have been, yeah. It may have been there. And so he's been in the NFL for a little bit. Uh, if, if we're watching the Pac-12 title game, I'm still trying to recover, Matt. But uh, they had a 200-yard rusher on the ground who tore up Utah's defense that I don't know what showed up that day. But they have a pretty good ground attack. Out of the names out there, like the other names we saw, there was Morgan Scali of Utah who – I guess they're going to make the coach and waiting, which I'll give that a coin flip if it works very well for the Utes, because that rarely works out. There was talk of Graham Harrell. Was that correct? Interviewing for the job or interest in the job? I believe so, yeah. Was there anybody else? Jim Moore, I think, was kind of batted around. Dave Aranda. Yeah, Dave Aranda, yeah, sure. That's right. That was never going to happen. But, yes, that came in late. Out of all the guys they made, was this, would this been the – we don't know how the interview went clearly, but, like, out of all those names – where would you who would you've had somebody other than Arroyo who was kind of listed of candidates? I mean, I think everybody on that list of names would have made a pretty good hire overall. I agree. I may have liked Graham Harrell just because we had North Texas and USC playing a million quarterbacks and playing quite well. That could have been something. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. Maybe I would have I would have maybe liked the defensive guy a little bit because defense is what their issue has been. I mean, a, I think if I think I think if they bring in the right coordinator, they should be fine on that front. Yeah. You know, to me, what really jumps out is the fact that you know, if you haven't paid attention to Oregon football this year, one of the things that really kind of that really kind of jumps out is the fact that, especially early in the year, they were dealing with a lot of injuries on offense, and I think that included Justin Herbert, if I'm not mistaken. But I know that they wide receiver the, injury the most. Yeah, the last time we really talked about it to any extent was way back when they uh, hosted Nevada back in September. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, by SP+, Plus, this was still a top 20 offense, just as much as it was like a top 20 defense. So I think Arroyo has pretty much demonstrated that he knows what he's doing on that side of the ball. So I think, you know, if you're someone like Kenyon Oglad, you kind of look forward to learning from someone like that. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be, you know, it'll. I think it's a good. That's a good. Move. I was curious your thought. Like Jim Mora, I probably wouldn't like because if his name is better, I'm like eh, he may not want to hang out there. He wants a gig. Um, I don't know. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with the hire. Just curious your thoughts. If you thought anybody'd be better, but what he's at Oregon doing quite well. Knows the area a bit, or at least a short flight. Also, he gets to walk into a brand new multi-billion-dollar stadium. That's pretty helpful right to help everybody have recruiting to bring guys in you can play on the same field as the raiders and uh some reasonably new uh football facilities as well that's right it was 38 million dollar facility i believe mm-hmm. so we'll see how it goes we don't know the details of the contract i assume it might be i don't know what million plus but that's not a big deal i would like to say i think this would be a good move what would be i know it's way too early and everything what would be like a success in year one for him with what they I, think he, I don't think it's a year zero situation. Let's put it that way. Okay. 
So I think that a success would at least be holding the line as far as the win column is concerned. Was it four wins this past year? Yeah. Like if they win four games and even if they don't win the the Fremont Cannon game again, which, you know, they might. They seem to have had the Wolfpack's number in the last several years. They'll be at home this time. I think that the year one just can't be a disaster. Let's put it that way. Well, here's what they start off with. They got Southern Utah. Should Mm -hmm. be good right there. Arkansas State is pretty good. That'll be a pretty good test. And then at Northwestern, which they basically fired all their coordinators recently, at least OC, and then they go to Vanderbilt. So that's not like a killer non-conference schedule. And so and then they got league play and stuff. Like if you do a quick look around the, the West, um, I don't know how much better. Like San Diego State probably be close to the same. Hawaii will be better than them. Um, Nevada probably a little bit better than them. They'll probably finish – fourth maybe i don't know i think fourth in the west division really quick looking at it might be where they finish but i think you're right just don't be worse than last year wait a second were you looking at this year's non-conference oh no what am i fbs (laughs) i did it again i looked at the wrong side i apologize so let's let's run it back real quick so 2020 Uh i'm in trouble uh, here home home versus i apologize they're going it's terrible it's tough (laughs) okay so it's home versus cal home versus louisiana tech not easy home versus arizona state at Iowa State. I apologize. You're going one and three, maybe one to four, but non-conference play. I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm thinking ahead, but uh, that's a bit tougher, right? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like Arizona State will have their sophomore QB, who's pretty good. Iowa State's usually hanging on the tail tail end of the rankings with four losses, and then Cal with Wilcox, and if it get healthy, he's really good. So it could be a Paxel sleeper next year. So, but I think if my thing still stands. Like they could, like if you look at who they could beat, they beat Nevada regularly, even if they're better. Um, Fresno State, it's we'll see. Your Bulldogs were just not great this year. Maybe they'll be a lot better. New coach, they're still. Well, yeah, we're still looking for that thing, right? The Fresno head coach. Any word on that? Uh, I mean, the front runner is still Kalen DeBoer. Perfect. I former OC there. Now at uh, Indiana, right? Other than that, I don't think we're going to hear anything for another few days. Uh, we're recording this on Friday afternoon on the 13th. Guess what? Early signing days next Friday. They better make something soon. <laughs> well, apparently they, well, apparently they just landed a three-star running back without a without a head coach. There you go. Who do you commit with? What coach recruited him? Who's not on uh, – I guess the other coaches are still hanging around. Um, oh. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you're right. I don't think it's going to be bad like San Jose State or UNLV last time bringing in a high school coach. Mm-hmm. Or New Mexico, which um, after my Cloxley, but let's go to the other coaching hire, which is, in my opinion, can I say an, un- an unmitigated disaster? I'm gonna let you run with that thought. I hate it. They, well, what, first let me ask you this: Matt. What has Steve Adagio done that's impressed you to be a head coach? I've just got fired from a Boston College team. That's eh? <laughs> well, I mean. I guess it depends on your perspective because he's never been an outright disaster, but they never quite had the breakthrough that they had on Chestnut Hill. You know, who was the head coach when Matt Ryan was there? Was it Jeff Jagodzinski? Yeah, the guy got fired because he didn't want to interview with the Jets and they got rid of him on the spot for taking an interview in the NFL. So, I mean, I think you kind of have to, to parse through some of the different you know, points of evidence to really make a determination one way or the other. Because one thing I pointed out was during his tenure at Boston College, he had he did have 18 players selected in the NFL draft. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he had a first round pick in last year's draft in Chris Lindstrom. I think he, he got hurt and he's missed most of the year, but that's not his fault, obviously. Um, you know, guys like Harold Landry played at Boston College under him. But, you know, conversely, everybody was pointing out almost immediately after the hire happened, or even after he got fired in earlier December, you know, there were other former Eagles like running back Andre Williams who were openly celebrating the fact that he got fired. Apparently, in a lot of corners of the program, he was just not particularly well liked. You're you know, being too was, you're being too nice saying he's not well liked. He went yeah, out of his a, way. That other instance yeah. where what he blackballed someone. He went out of his way to get a guy cut from the NFL. I'm like he's so, I'm like like that's the problem. Like you talk about wanting good coaches and like here's let's kind of back up. We'll get that in a minute. But here's the thing: they like if you listen to other people who talk about coaching jobs like i listen to stephen godfrey you see what bruce Feldman, and other people say this is a good job like rams you've even said it before both of us new stadium they're putting money in facilities they're looking at look at the guys who interviewed her considered for the job basically a lot of similar guys to unlv pretty big names hey urban Meyer, your former coach they're gonna come help out that's a pretty big deal right you can get a former wide receiver coach who's a one of the best coaches ever to come and help you out and he brings in his buddy who couldn't win an sec division with uh, tim tebow as your OC, who has a mm-hmm. losing losing record in ACC divisional play, only a 500 record overall as a head coach at Boston College, barely is one game, two games over 500 in his career for a coach, and this is who you bring in, and then you add on top the a guy in the NFL who all he did was go to Facebook, was kind of critical of the program. Coach had to go to search that out. Not just to see the player or whoever who was on there who made the initial post. He comes in, makes a, a nondescript comment, a little critical, but nothing crazy. He could he tried to get tickets to a game like as alumni can't get in there. Tries to call people at BC, they don't get back to him. Has a buddy who know who two guys on the team he knows. They submit their names for tickets for friends and family. Family came back, you're clear to go. Everybody else clear to go. His name got dismissed. He goes to the stadium, basically it's escorted away. Couldn't even buy a ticket to the game. Dan, he gets a call to Dan Quinn after practice. Foot Falcons uh, coach, hey, why is your why is Steve Adagio calling me? Go speaks to the GM. Knows it's a bunch of bullcrap, wanting to get him cut from the Falcons, saying his lack of character. Do you want that guy as your head coach, who goes to those lengths to try to control every little bit of your program, and he's not even a great coach? So and Ur- and then he hires his son and Urban Meyer's son-in-law to come on board. What are you doing? So is it going to fall to me to lay out the optimist's case then? Clearly, because it's a, it's out of all the names out there, this is who you land on. I know they didn't want. Here's the thing that too that's crazy about it. They wanted Butch Jones, they because you see what Parker, Joe Parker, the AD is like. Hey, there's a we want good integrity guys. That's why Butch Jones didn't get it because of Title Nine stuff. Well, it's not like okay, if Butch Jones is my hands raised up here like the bar, like hey, we can't have that guy. Adagio, yes, he's much lower than that, but he's still not a great guy, and he's not he's not a good enough coach to oversee that stuff. Go for it. Tell okay. me, steer me the other way around to say, hey, Rams, you're, you're in good luck. Because all the Rams fans hate it, too. Okay. Oh, so, a lot of them, I should say. How much do you know about Boston College football this decade? I'm looking at it right now. It's been okay. It's been okay. It's, no. It's, it's been okay. As it's far been as exactly wins, like, average. When it comes to how they have won. They run the ball. How much do you know? They run the Heisman finalist. That's true. A.J. Dillon last year, the, that bowl game canceled. He's a good running back. Really good. Um but yeah, they run the ball, and overall, they're an average team. That's all. and they have a losing record in the league play. 
So I went I went back and I read Bill Connolly's Boston College preview. He wrote it back in May. So if you just Google Bill Connolly Boston College, you should be able to find it pretty quickly. But he has the chart of SP plus rankings from week to week, stretching all the way back to the beginning of 2014. So it covers the last five years before this season. And I think maybe we should mention too that you know they were kind of starting over on the defensive side of the ball this season, mm-hmm. um, which would explain, I would say, most of why they finished 112th in defensive SP plus this fall. But there was a stretch of maybe what? three years from 2015 to 2017 where that Eagles defense was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and you can look at the chart and, you know, see, you know, they went into 2015 as basically the top 40 unit by SP plus on that side of the ball. They finished in the top 10 that year. They finished in the top 20 the year after that. They finished in the top 25 in 2017. And even going into last year, when you know they they lost a lot of pieces off of last year's defense, they were still a top thirty unit. So what he is known for, he did that part of of his job description exceptionally well over the last few years. And you know you mentioned the the running game that has been most of where his success has come on the offensive side of the ball. I think if there's a question, it's how well the passing game is going to be able to come along, because it was okay this year you know anthony brown i think he said he transferred he announced he was going to transfer either right before or right after adazio got fired and he did have 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions this year but he only completed 55 percent of his passes so it was you know there was some good but not a lot yeah. and i think that especially after what you become accustomed to in the last few years you know, whoever he brings in to coordinate the offense is going to be under a lot of pressure to maintain what Mike Bobo did on that side of the ball because for all, all of the faults that the Rams have had over the last few years, offense, and especially when it comes to that passing game, was definitely not one of them. Yeah, I, I, I see it as positives, but, like, they let Urban Meyer run his coaching, stat, coaching search. That's what I'm saying. It's it. I you could say how well they did running them. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but it's like Bob. If Bob Davey were winning and doing what he still did, I still wouldn't want him to be the New Mexico head coach. If half of it's true, if ten percent of what he did allegedly did was true, but I know it's a different scenario. But like this guy does is a control freak, and I know coaches are, but I don't want that guy being. You, a head do you coach. want to know? You want to you know? Do you want to know what I was thinking when I heard about the hire? Which it's it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like going to going out to breakfast, you know? Yeah. And just getting like t- dry toast and a black coffee. Yeah, it's it's like, not not is desirable. It, is it going to get the is it going to get the job done? Yeah, maybe, but it's not terribly exciting. It's not like ordering a waffle with some fresh strawberries on top. Yeah. It's not like ordering a Denver omelet. You're right because so, Rams fans feel feel that this program is like we can laugh and joke but like oh, we're going to the Big 12. We're that good. I'm like if you if you really think you're that good a program, which I digress, yes, they've been conversations before in the past about maybe being a team for the Big Twelve. If you're expected to be a program that's in that range or at least in that conversation, what are you gonna do, right? Like I said, if they if they think they're that close, 
you're right. It's not desirable. Dry toast. That's awful. Come on, give me something good. Denver omelet. Breakfast. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Though. A I'm good breakfast saying, burrito. Come on, that's good. I'm not saying that it's awful. I'm saying that it's bland. Yeah, but I'm saying they don't need to make it splashy higher. But if they think they're that close to being that good and they want to invest in a program, why do you hire this guy? Like he, maybe he'll be fine and be boring and win, and that's what you want. But like he never won consistently at any stop he's been. His best year was nine and four at Temple. That's it. Like. He doesn't inspire motivation to me. If if my team hired this guy after Mike Bob would happen, I would not care. I'd be like, what you, this would be just vastly disappointing, and underwhelming. Like you said, toast is underwhelming to me. Fill you up, but it's not worth it. I mean, I think we're gonna know right away how well this hire works because of the pieces that the Rams have coming back, or when he suspends a player for liking a Twitter or thing or something. I don't know. I mean, I think you know. <laughs> The, I mean, the upside for Colorado State is, I, don't, I mean, I don't think you really have to go any further back than what Boston College was able to do throughout most of 2018 because they weren't that far away from finishing in the top 25. It wasn't really until they lost three straight at the end of the year. Um, you know, they, they lost by Clemson. They lost at home, I think, to Clemson, and it wasn't even by that much. I remember that, yeah. And then, and then, and then they dropped a one-point decision to Florida State, and then they dropped uh, a game at the end of the year against Syracuse. But for the most part in that year, you kind of saw the best of what that team had to offer, which was a punishing ground game. And, a and not close second. enough to win, too. We're not good enough to win also. And, I mean, you also have to think about it in terms of what has been the Colorado State's biggest problem over De- the last few years. Defense? <laughs> Defense. Yeah. Is he going to do think, it? I don't know. I think maybe, I think definitely more so than Marcus Arroyo and probably more than whoever ends up taking the job at Fresno State and New Mexico, respectively. There is going to be more pressure on Adazio to win now than any of these other openings that, that have been filled or will be filled in because, the future. Because they have coming back offense, offensively? Yes. Was a Warren Jackson, is he a junior? Yes, he is. So he may or may not be back? I would imagine he'll be back. We'll see. I'm like you could be right because if Nate Craig Meyer gets a full year to practice and play, he's Warren Jackson's coming back. Running game's fine. Whoever's at quarterback, O'Brien or Colin Hill should be fine. Because I mean, it's it's been kind of like you know his tenure in Boston College was kind of strange. Because if you go back and look at his 2015, for instance, and 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 this is something I mentioned a minute ago with SP Plus, but just in terms of like scoring defense versus scoring offense, for example, that year they went three and nine. But they gave up 15 points a game, which was fourth in the country. Mm-hmm. They scored only 17 points a game. <laughs> and if you just go down the line, you know, they they lost by two to Duke, three to Wake Forest. They lost that three nothing game to Wake Forest in 2015. <sighs> <laughs> um, you know, they Again, lost by, not inspiring. <laughs> lost by three to Louisville, lost by three to Notre Dame, lost by three to Syracuse. I mean, obviously, that's kind of like an outlier. But I think given where the program has been in the last couple of years, what they really needed to most fix in order to take that last biggest step towards competing consistently for conference titles, mm-hmm. you know, you get, getting back to like 90% of where they were in that stretch from what, 2013 to 2014? Yeah. When they were winning 10 games under Garrett Grayson and, and, and everybody. Yeah. And uh, was it Jim McElwain? 
Yes, yes. That's why. That's what makes it so frustrating. Like this. Like bring. If you think that could bring a guy who could win, he just got fired. They're like, close. They're closer to getting back to that than any of the other three teams looking for a head coach this year. I just don't think if you wanted the guy to bring in, they should have got put money up for Graham Harrell to come in and throw the ball with and do the offense and just outscore everybody and get the best defensive coordinator he could find and shore up the defense that way. I'm saying inspire, this hire doesn't inspire me to say they'll come out and be contend against Boise State anytime soon or even Wyoming or Utah State. Like, come on. It's like I just felt they could have done a better job because Adazi, like I said, he's averaged 17 points. Defense is good. Like, you also want to – it too, you want exciting football. What would have been more exciting? Do you want – if you win, it's like, great. I win 17 to 14 every week. Fine. Great. That's fun. You win. But wouldn't you rather win games like – look at Hawaii. If they're winning, you win 38 to 20. I'd rather put up points and win and be close than grind out 10 to 2 wins or something. You know what I mean? 10 to 6 wins. Okay, so I'm gonna t- I'm gonna counter your point. Do it by pointing north of the Colorado border to Wyoming. Yeah. Do you think they do you think they care how they're winning because they're winning? No. But I will counter your counter. When they brought in Craig Bull, did they have an offense explosion that was going very well, like extremely well and offensively? No, I'm just saying, like that 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 kind of team that leans on the run, leans on very strong defense, and I'm assuming at some point they'll figure out the passing game. That I think so, Colorado that is something that Colorado State could emulate. I would say within a year or two, if things break their way, I, I hear because you. I, winning's I winning. That, I think winning I think is that's winning. The template you're fault you're going to follow if you're a Rams fan. But why you already you already have the offense that's head and shoulders above Wyoming overall. I mean, it may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but if they win the conference title two three years from now, I don't think anybody in Fort Collins is going to complain. Why can't I have both? What's wrong with that? I mean, you're not wrong. I'm just saying, like, it's I just underwhelmed by it. like I said, it's underwhelmed. If they win, it's fine. It's good. But I also want some exciting football. Like if my team wins ten to seven every week, I'm like, oh, cool, you win. But I don't want to watch. I don't want to spend three hours, three to eight hours on Saturday going to the game, tailgating, having fun to go watch twenty total points in so, the cold. So what and you're snow. saying overall is you're you're reiterating your distaste for defense. No, I want exciting football. <laughs> Winning ten to three. Remember going back to the was it LSU Alabama game of the century's nine to six snorefest. Come on, I like defense. I just want. When you have the offense there, their offense is going to regress with Adagio. I'm serious. I don't think it's going to get that much better. He's not the guy to lead your team forward on offense. I know they want a defensive guy who can run the ball, but this offense, if he comes in and does what BC and turns to just a ground running tackle when you have what, the best receiver possibly in the conference coming back, and I still like Nate Craigmeyer quite a bit to do some good things, why would you want to go to a power running game? And you have a, two quarterbacks who can throw the ball very well. Do you want to go backwards, even if your defense gets better and win? It's like, I know winning can cure a lot of things, but the offense is pretty much fine. Get the running back a bit better because with Marvin Kinsey leaving the program, it's just the defense that needs to get better. He better find the best defensive coordinator out there and not do too much on the offense. But if he runs the same offense at BC, I want good football. I'm like, come on. I, like, are BC fans happy? They were mediocre and barely winning games. You almost beat Clemson's the best thing he's ever done. I guess we'll. I guess we'll wait and see. I'm just saying. Like, if you think I'm wrong and you love to hire, let us know. But we've seen. I've seen a lot of Twitter. Rams fans are canceling season tickets left and right. At least that's what they say. Did you see the uh, 
the replies to that initial tweet that CSU football put out there. Some of them. What was your favorite? What would you like about it's, it? Uh, it's, uh, it's a dicey situation. See? So I'm not wrong. <laughs> Joe Parker had better be right about this hire. That's all I got to say. I, Yeah, like getting rid of Bobo was fine. But yeah, you're right. He better be like... I don't know. We'll see. we'll see. For me, I'm you got to prove me right to see what happens before I come around. Like they had things in place. All the like, if you want to be on, like Barry Odom just got fired, and he's going to beat Arkansas DC. It looks like I would have liked Barry Odom more than I would have liked Steve Adazio. I'd be your head co- be head coach possibly. Okay, so let's circle around to the original question that you posed, which was that I don't remember. <laughs> How would you grade both of these hires, oh, okay. Royo and Adazio? Do I need to answer my own question? Yeah. For what? Here's what. Here, this could change because we don't know the other coaching hires. Because I could compare and grade itself. If I'm just going to grade through from what I see, I'd say with the names that were batted about for this for these both these jobs, I would say went they went slightly below from the names out there from who they both hired. Okay. Not by much. You know, the higher up on the curve from who was out there rumored to want the job or take the job. Who knows how realistic those names were. Maybe they're just interested or tossed out there. Sometimes fake names get thrown out there just because you want to get a new contract where you're at or a raise of some sort. I would say they both underachieved to a degree from names out there, but I put you, you and LV much higher. I've seen Oregon play a decent amount watching Pac-12 football. I would give right now as a, a letter grade, probably a B plus for UNLV. Okay. And what about Colorado State? I'll give. <laughs> Do I really need to give a grade for after what I've been talking saying the whole time? Yes. Uh, for being honest, I would say like a C minus, maybe a D plus. I won't say D plus. I don't know. A C. I'll go C minus. I'll be generous and say C minus. I think I'm a little more forgiving than you. You are, but I'm combining a lot of stuff. Like he's a jerk. I mean, I would give the Adazio hire a C plus because hey, again, well, it's, that, it's... that's not much better than me. So come on. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm saying, it's 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 fine. It's not terribly exciting, but I also wouldn't be shocked if the team just went back to going seven and six every year, eight and five, six and six. You know what I mean? That's not what you want, though. That's my point. That's not what Rams fans. Want. No, That's if if they thing. if Rams fan believe, and this what this tells me is they're 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 settling for a coach, right? I have no idea. Well, I mean, like what that, what I'm just that saying, like, process was. I know, but Steve Adagio, what is he like? He's just meh, whatever. He's just a dude, a guy who coaches. He called whatever his dude thing is. I don't remember. It's lame. It's guy, guys being dudes. <sighs> apparently, a, a dude is defined as someone who does his job well. He does not do his job well. He's got fired. Yeah, the only way we can redeem this really is either during practice or like maybe when the team takes the field every Saturday or something like that. If they if they play that song from Good Burger, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I, I vaguely. My kids watched a movie recently. They watched. It's it like you know, we talk about everybody. Everybody's a dude. I'm a dude. Yeah. yeah okay. No, he's I, a dude. Yeah. We're all dudes. That's not gonna redeem it. Wins is gonna redeem it. I'm just saying. In the meantime. Yeah. It's, but I'm with. But I'm with you on Arroyo, though. I think that I would give that a B plus as well. Yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah. But overall, we'll see. We'll see what Fresno does. We'll see what uh, New Mexico does. Here's the thing: if New Mexico gets Danny Gonzalez, I'll give that an A plus right away. If they don't, it's like an F. <laughs> because it's like the most obvious choice and he's so interested in the job. Uh, yeah, we'll see. If Rams fans, let us know. Seriously, let us know what you think. If you think I'm crazy, 
if you think Matt's completely right, if you do want to, like if your coach is a jerky guy, that that's fine. But going to the extent of what he did to former players, like not even giving a handshake to a guy you probably recruit and talk about all the time who's Eisen finalist and don't even bother to handshake or try to get a former player removed from the stadium on site. It's like you're not the most important guy in the world. You coached at Boston College. You now coach at Colorado State. And again, I'll say Joe Parker should have, if they think they're this big of a gig, they should have gone out and got a better name, right? That's for me, that's what it comes down to. If they think they're that close to that important, just say it. And you'll see that or we get to wrap it up here. We've talked a good amount. Well, we did, we did get one question. Oh, that's, oh, I love that question. That was a great question. We need to hustle. From, uh, from at Clytanic13, he wanted to know five years out, do any of the new coaches still have their job? Was it new coach or coach? He said new coaches. Oh, okay. Because okay, um, typically a contract is five years out. How many Mountain West coaches? Okay, um, has any of them? Has any of them outside of Tedford stepping down? I don't think. I think most of them make it to five years without being fired. So this goes two well, ways. Troy, Troy Calhoun has. Brian Harson has. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think the other way around. Like, there's no coach has been fewer than five years that has not been stepping down or getting a new gig. I would say, does they say new coaches? What do you think? If I had to give my best guess right now, I think there's only one. One will make it five, over five years? Yeah. Which Who do you think that'll be? I think it's New Mexico. Because of money issues? No, because <laughs> of necessity, the necessity of time to turn things around there. I think the next couple of years for the program are going to be pretty ugly or whoever ends up taking that job, you know, just in terms of trying to rebuild roster depth, trying to figure out how to provide unique wrinkles to get back on the winning track. Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine whether it's, whether it's Looper or Gonzalez or someone else that we haven't talked about that it's going to, you know, we, we said that it's not a year zero situation in UNLV or at least it shouldn't be. It's definitely not a year zero situation in Colorado state. Chances are 2020 will be for New Mexico. And so there's going to be some growing pains, at least in 2020 and 2021. So I think you kind of have to look toward the, the the middle future to really get a sense of how the team is ultimately going to progress. And so I think it's going to take that, you know, year three, year four, year five, before we really know whether things have worked out the way that uh, everybody in New Mexico is envisioning right now. Yeah, they are... It's like with I mentioned Kentucky Mike Stoops. They they let them have enough time to build something there. Yeah, and the Lobos will have to do that because not that Bob Davy ran it to the ground or anything, but it's just uh, it's a tough situation there. I think I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two. Um, well, actually, well, it depends how I think about it because I I agree with you on New Mexico. When we look at UNLV, um where Royal has coached Oregon, Cal, Oklahoma State. He's probably not a good guy, guy that gets there that long, but also it's like, it's it's like is he going to get promoted or fired? Like a new gig. If he gets a new gig, that means UNLV's done good, and he's probably won at least a one-year of eight games. I could see him going eight and four in year three then getting plucked by some other big program because you won eight, you won eight wins UNLV. You're a genius, essentially. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the case at CSU. I, I've already had my thoughts of Dodge. Yeah, he'll probably get them like... Like, to be honest, like him and Boba, he'll probably do the same thing, win seven, maybe eight games every now and then. He'll fluctuate between five and seven wins every year. And that's not good enough either, I don't think, for them, for what they want to expect. I think 
if they get a five-year deal, I'll be bold. I think I'll say two because I think Roya. Maybe I'm bullish on him, but he'll have a new job, a better job within five years. You know what? Can I change my answer? <laughs> I guess so. Because I think the I think the financial realities at Fresno State. Oh, I guess if we include them too, which we don't know, the same mm-hmm. thing or no? Well, I think that the reality of Fresno State is a little bit different mm-hmm. than it is in in a lot of other places because. You know, there's a lot of mouths to feed in the athletic department out here. Why? Okay. Well, I, just you know, there's a lot of different sports, a lot of different okay. money that has to be spread around. Sure. Um, and they don't necessarily have some of the same advantages that, like, a UNLV, for instance, does. Like, you know, progress on on renovating Bulldog Stadium has been non-existent. Yeah. I would say. Um, and they are kind of in the middle of the pack as far as getting things done on on the facility front and things like that. And so I don't know that the program is going to want to afford that much turnover if things don't work out with the next guy. I mean, I think you can make an optimistic case that it will. Are they paying Ted Ferd? Is he getting any money for retiring? Is he just no more money to going to him? I didn't, I don't remember reading anything one way or the other. I can't imagine that they would. Yeah. So, what you could think, like, maybe the financials aren't that bad because he's getting, what, 1.4, I think it was? It was more than that. It was, oh. like, 1.6. Okay. Okay. So they say they paid a new coach just 1.1. So they may not be as in dire straits if they're saving a couple hundred thousand on a new coach. Yeah. If I mean, they I, go that route. I don't, here's the thing. They won't pay more for a new coach than what Tedford was getting. No, definitely not. And not so maybe they, Not if they can yeah, help it. That's what I mean. So maybe they can make savings that way where they save one to 400000 per year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Fresno, if it's, um, I don't know who it is, so it's hard to speculate, but I think they'll keep their coach there. Cause they're, I think what Tedford brought in short term. So hopefully, I guess the main goal is hopefully that doesn't go back down under DeRuiter the past two years, his final couple. Well, which, the, the, remember though, the thing that went wrong with DeRuiter is they gave him the extension. Yeah. Sure. If they hadn't done that, I think the situation would have played out much different. No, I mean, win total, like how bad the team was. Oh, I'm just saying, like, I don't think they're going to make that same mistake twice. Oh, no, 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 no. I just mean, like, I mean, will they, they digress is win-loss total. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and to go, to circle all the way back to Brent Brennan for a second, I just saw something come across Twitter. What is it? Uh, 850K. And, and the raise up to, that's good. Good for him. Yeah, and that's courtesy of the Spartan Daily. Perfect. Those are good guys. All right, so it's good for that. So I say one. Or no, I say, yeah. No, I say one will be gone. Do you think, really quick... Will any of those be fired really quick? My f- number one is Adagio because I've already, already already apparently dug my foot in there and saying he's a crap bad coach. <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick an on-zod favorite, I think I'd be with you because, yeah, okay. like I said, you know, the pressure is on yeah. now that's to get th- this That's right. the thing that annoys me so much. They have players. They have money. They brought in Urban Myers. Like, I could bring all these guys. I know all these coaches. I'm a great coach. They don't get the running back from OC. They don't get the Ohio State OC. They don't get the Ohio State running back who played there. They tried for Butch Jones for whatever reason. I'm like, it's just, I think they're under the, you're right, they're under the most pressure to win and do well at this coach, and I don't see it, unfortunately. Prove me wrong, right? Prove me wrong. I'll be happy to be proven wrong. There you go. So, that wraps up for today. MWR.com is our website. Check us out. Bull stuff, college basketball stuff. We'll still be here for you talking football. We will have next week a bowl preview and our schedule next couple weeks because you know how it is. You got the holidays, you got Christmas, you got New Year's, you got family obligations, you got stuff you want to do. Just check the feed. We'll be back for sure at some point next week to preview those games. 
And from them going forward, we'll keep you updated next show because we'll have more information, right, Matt? Because what we're doing beyond that. Yes, sir. So keep it here, MWC Wire on Twitter, MWWire.com. And we'll see you next week, folks, when we talk some football.